This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and mask I ask where you're... Fa- fuck, I can't. <laughs> Do it. Believe in yourself and it's start like over. Believe in yourself and start myself. over. You got okay. I'm... I got a center. Okay. <laughs> I'm Babs Gray, and mask I ask where you're fat... Fuck, I can't Hold on. You got this. Hold on. I said it in my head. Okay. I'm Babs Gray, and mask I ask where your fusking mask is. There we go. <laughs> Jesus, not worth it. <laughs> no, I'm real happy you got there. I'm proud of you, and I support you. Yeah. Thank you. I came up with that five seconds ago because I didn't have any other jokes. So just so you know. Fair, fair. Uh, I'm Brandy Posey, and I'm going to call a man with a Fury Road avatar honey today. I can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tess Barker, and do one thing every day that scars you. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. for everyone that's the fucking best come on baby it's time to hang out with your favorite ladies ladies and ladies ladies and ladies i think we should switch out the order of the jokes now because i've been coming in so poorly that maybe Maybe people are turning the podcast off immediately. No, I disagree. I really like your launching. Like it's very, it's yeah. very you. Yeah. No, it's 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 uh, frankly, it's hard to follow sometimes. It is honestly. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, Barbara. It gotta... should be setting you up well. If I'm bombing, it should well, be like. You no, know. it's it's like following a beautiful shit show though, where it's like that's where the energy is, and people love it, and that's when everyone is like tuned in. Okay, to that. yeah, that's good. Yeah. If we're setting people up for that for disappointment, then I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's perfect. <laughs> oh boy, let's bring out our guests. Uh, she's so amazing. She's an amazing comic, and you can actually see her on Seed and Spark is doing this. Uh, presentation over zoom tomorrow called too or is it over yeah. zoom i don't know called too soon it's about coping and humor in this day and age katrina davis Hello. i closed like we, they don't know that we're on zoom but i closed my eyes because i thought that me looking at you was making it worse <laughs> like i was like oh if i close my eyes <laughs> she'll be able to get it <laughs> oh uh, when i was trying to do it you know it's fun it's it's okay it's uh we're all like this. This is me coping yeah. with trying to be funny but in today's I day agree and age. With Brandy, and it just like, ends up in a lot of. If I heard a podcast start with you saying half of a joke and just laughing, I'm in. I'm listening. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like that's how you really know what you're about to get. It's like Absolutely. it's as advertised. That's good. Absolutely. If you enjoy that, please enjoy my <laughs> album coming out soon where that's most of what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Not full jokes, but, you know, an idea. An idea is good. But I have also watched you perform and enjoyed so much what Brandy's explaining where, like, you did your stool thing once, but it was like the whole thing was an insane show. It wasn't like, oh, Babs is having a bad set. It was like, that whole building was insane. And then Babs hummed a tiny spoon and I just wept. I just cried. It was the best ever. Oh, man. Oh, thank you. That's Absolutely. A, yeah. Where is my stool? Oh, I don't know where he is right now. He's somewhere around here. He. Tiny stools. <laughs> the tiny stool is a, is a I did gen- too. Well, 
I gendered him. I gendered him because I I finished the the fucking stool humping bit on my album. I did all the sh- I added all the shit to it where <laughs> I ended up. He's my son, you know, oh, with, okay. with the other stool. Right. So anyway, God. he goes to Hollywood and he gets humped by Nick Cannon on an HBO special. Blah blah blah. All right. Blah blah blah. You know, you guys know the rest. Oh my God! Get that album. I never. Guys. Yo, mad I missed that. It never sequel. comes out. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. So yeah, Great. tell us about this um this thing you're oh, doing. Yeah. Well, I guess it's today, I should say, technically, if you're listening to this today on Wednesday, June 17th. It's, it's wait, because yeah. what day is it? I think it's Thursday. It's Thursday, so you can do it tomorrow. Oh, it's Thursday. Oops. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's, it's uh, yeah. Thursday Perfect. at 1 p.m. Um, L.A. time. And uh, it's me, Mike Kaplan, and our uh, friend and fellow comic, Atsuko. Um, I'm not going to try her last name because I don't want to mess it up. Um, there we go. She's (laughs) lovely and hilarious, but all three of us are going to do a zoom panel where we're basically just taking questions of anyone from the, a creative perspective on the pandemic, on everything that's been happening more, even more recently with the, this uprising of a second civil rights movement, whatever you want to call it, um, everything that's happening and what that's doing to people's creative process, their mindset, everything. I'm excited to see what kind of questions, because yeah, I don't know exactly what it's going to end up being, but yeah, that's like the wheelhouse we're gonna try to discuss and i know mike's like super positive so i'm excited to see what he brings to the table yeah mike mike's brain's always amazing you never know what's gonna come out of his like mouth at a a million miles a minute and so he's he's always like really interesting i think it's such an interesting topic because like we were talking before we were on mike about how you know it's on this very macro level something that's forcing artists in almost every discipline to like reimagine how they do their craft like it's this crazy collective thing that's happening to everyone and yeah I mean I think the nature of creativity is that you're kind of always like probably evolving and stuff like that so I just think it's really like interesting like to think how maybe 10 years from now we're gonna see like what this did to art and like what this era is gonna look like art wise yeah yeah for sure well I think it's interesting too because it's you spent like the first two months of this kind of just like having an entire generation worth of people's like uh, purpose kind of taken away because you just couldn't do the thing you wanted. And then when BLM kicked off, it's been like, oh, fuck, I have something that I can like put this back into. And I have like a purpose to be able to like use this creative power that's like even like beyond myself, which is kind of nice. You know, it's it, so it's like this like two months worth of like starving to be like, oh, fuck, like I'm seeing so much stuff come out right now. And it's very cool to see. I think it did probably have a positive effects somehow on everything that's happening because it's like we were all so deprived of each other for so long before all of the like second wave of everything that popped off that I feel like maybe the level of compassion is on a different level because we were so starved to feel connected to each other that that like amplified people's want even more than it may have been originally if you because I at one point tweeted a couple weeks ago I was like like I'm not even trying to be messed up but thank god for COVID because most of y'all would have been way too busy with hot girl summer to fuck with us like I love that tweet 
It's yeah, because <laughs> y'all, people would have yeah. been gone. People would have been, and like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. you're even seeing the divide in our friends of the people who are still being that people who are like, nothing is going to stop me from being half naked at Joshua Tree and that being the most important thing <laughs> that is happening in yes. my life. Like, you, there are people that just yeah. refuse to be derailed. And so that yeah. even is kind of admirable. <laughs> like, the resilience yep. of your ability to ignore and stay focused on yourself is almost like I tip my hat, but <laughs> for sure. Well, it's like we also spent two months realizing that like no one in like a governmental level was going to save any of us unless you're yes. a billionaire. So then it's like coming back in, it's like, oh fuck, we actually only have each other. Mm. And like, even if that isn't a conscious message that people have taken, it is the truth. And I think that's also why you're seeing so many people out there. You're right. I think it is changing people's <laughs> mindset on multiple levels in terms of the action that they feel mm. they can take and they aren't just laying back and trusting anyone. Because my on my next door there is a guy who it's so my favorite thing on my next door so i live in the valley there are constantly Mm -hmm. people on my next door who apparently did not research the valley or where they were moving to or anything like that and they're just constantly surprised by the amount of fireworks that go off every night (laughs) and so there is a guy on there who I was like, I just watched them just out of like sheer interest and just watched the escalation. Yeah. But there's a guy who was like, I was thinking maybe we could form a vigilante group and we can just go confront what? the people that are lighting fireworks at night and ask them to stop. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? But also I feel like that guy never would have had that idea before. He would have just called someone and he's like, I'm fixing this. Like people yeah. are taking matters into their own hands and that was another thing i tweeted about because i read it and i was like i don't know who's on the right side of this i don't know whose side to be on because it's like they're in public proper like they're outside we all just live that close together we have to coexist with each other it's like i know that your dog's upset that sucks so bad but like where was your dog before that he's just now getting used to fireworks like what is happening but apparently they're illegal in Sherman Oaks. I'm like learning from next door. But yeah, people are like really starting to take matters into their own I hands. I mean, if that's the illegal activity you're <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. worried about. Yes. Yeah. I think the main thing with fire, I mean, yeah, fireworks are in, in every, you yeah, know, in LA off. all the time. It's like yeah. part of the fucking but culture. But there is a kind of a little micro bubble that I notice being a part of protests and like driving. The closest I've even heard helicopters is like Van Nuys, but... If you're a fam, if you're like a family that's still quarantining and only watching the news, like, yeah, you, a lot of this wouldn't have touched oh. you technically yet, which is weird because you're like 20 minutes from it. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been like, especially because like I've been having to send people stuff from Twitter and from Instagram and stuff like that, because that's the only place that it's really being covered. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, still. It, exactly. Like so, uh, most of the the MSN is like barely even like covering the protests that are still happening. Uh, and they don't twit. You'll see on these massive videos that it's like hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people marching. And you're like, just cause there's no quote unquote looting. It's like, it's not making the news anymore. Cause it doesn't fit their narrative. Cause they don't want to give up. Well, even how <laughs> they pick and choose when they show the negative parts of the narrative, because it was like the protests in Hollywood not last week, but the week before it was like right when things were starting to 
maybe get less gnarly. And I saw a bunch of my friends in Hollywood that hadn't protested anywhere else be like, oh my God, the National Guard is here. And it's like, baby cakes, they were here all weekend. They just mm-hmm. rolled up and they were like two exits away the whole time. And But you wouldn't know that if, you know, you have to like mm-hmm. actively seek out information in so many different ways to offset yeah. <laughs> what's being presented. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I will say yeah. though, I mean, I they fucking suck. They piss me off all the time, but I do read the New York Times like every day. I've read them since I was like 19. I just like the writing. But um I will say like the it's I think it's telling that like the front page of the New York Times is like how are police going to be reformed? How are we going to do this? Here's all the cities where tear gas was used on peaceful protesters. Like a paper as mainstream as that mm-hmm. really is focusing on police brutality and what a big and how much the you know even the middle i was about to say even the fact that they're just entertaining the conversation i think is insane like insane in a good way that i feel like they're like you're saying the middle and people that just would never even think of that it's like yeah even just to have the conversation for sure (laughs) yeah so i i think it's telling i mean like as much as like yeah obviously there is always so much that's not covered in the media and it is like too bad that like so much of this was framed around quote unquote looting and stuff like that. But I think it's telling that finally it seems like the pic- the memo is getting through. Yeah. 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 There's no avoiding oh, yeah. it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I, encouraging. I saw a great clip yesterday on Twitter from, uh, from Fox of Tucker Carlson talking and he was concerned. Um, and I guess like black lives matter is more popular than Donald Trump now. Uh. And then also, like, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and, the, like, Black Lives Matter, like, it beats, like, several different things in a way that is, like, and his face was just, like, I don't know, it's more popular than Donald Trump. And I'm, like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's from, that's from your Fox News survey, too. Take Yeah, because I think they just finally <laughs> ruffled up enough mm-hmm. people who were, like, yeah, budding their parents this whole time. Mm-hmm. And they finally For were sure. just presented with two much because especially being mm-hmm. from florida it's like half my fucking oh, feed yeah. is people coming to jesus about some shit that i've been dealing with mm. my whole life because they've just been explaining away so much for so long so it's like mm-hmm. yeah i'm super i know that people are like sad and i'm very sad it's like obviously i'm go back and forth yeah, with things of course but and felicia my best friend felicia folks you guys know her She'll laugh at me when I do this because I do this to her sometimes where I'll tell her something's going to be hard. Like she started a new job and I was like, yo, like you haven't been on like super regular schedule. It's going to be gnarly. Like it's been a while since you've been that way. And her first week back, she was like, oh my God, I'm so tired just from adjusting. And I was like, yup. And she was like, why do you sound so happy? And I was like, I'm not happy that you're tired. I'm happy that you're experiencing the reality and settling into it. So it's like, I see like white women that I went to school with being like, oh my gosh, I like got up this morning and just felt so bad for you. I'm like, yeah, fucking feel bad. And like, not in a way that like you deserve to. It's like, yeah, I feel that bad. And then I still have to like pretend that I care. No joke. One of the worst days, like the worst week I cried every day, almost, before work, and I would literally, like, cry and wash my face and open my laptop, and one of the days, 
I got my shit together, opened my laptop, and my first message was one of my coworkers going, Katrina, they're closing Bath and Body Works. Where am I going to get Coco Shea now? No. And I was like, no. how is this not hilarious? What? Like, I Apollo lapped my own apartment. It was so funny. How? What? What? So it's like... You have to be able to, I don't know, like mm-hmm. being able to see my friends. Cause at like at work, I had friends messaging me like that. And then I also had friends that happened to also be younger be like, Katrina, mm-hmm. I don't even want to work today. What are you doing? Like, why are you on here? Da-da-da. Like, I can't imagine how you feel. I don't even feel normal doing stuff. And that was really. It's like comforting to have someone understand what you've been grinning through this whole time and not in a cocky way like, eh, yeah, bitch. It's just like, yeah, dude, fucking let's laugh about how this is insane and we still have to be regular as people every day because that's what I've been doing this whole time. It's like I've literally gotten accused <laughs> of stealing on my lunch break and had to come back and be normal as fuck. So it's like for sure let's like feel away about something for a few weeks and like realize what that awareness does to your normalcy mm-hmm. <laughs> yes like, yeah yeah absolutely yes. well and like that's where that's where humor like at its base without like the whole industry side of it is so powerful because it's like if you can find the humor in that shit and be like i'm still fucking laughing i can cry and then yes. i can laugh the next minute and like i always remember this i, I always think of um it's I, I don't I don't know if Stephen Colbert was quoting it or if this is something that his thought, but he had he I remember him talking about like right after Trump got elected about how like the sound of laughter is the sound of saying that I am not afraid in this mm. moment because it's like you, you are loudly making joy and calling attention to yourself and how joyous mm-hmm. you are. And it's just that's like a, a thing I think of whenever I'm like laughing or like writing jokes and stuff like that, where it's like, Yeah, bitch, I'm happy right now. You can't that is do the closest about it. I've ever been to someone punching me in the face is laughing at them while they're trying to get the opposite reaction out of you, they'll set you on fire. Like, that. there's nothing more infuriating Mm -hmm. than someone trying to bring you misery and you going, what? Like, I don't understand what just happened. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I've even done it out of stupidity and had a friend later be like, oh my God, that girl was trying to insult you and you didn't get it. And she got so mad. I was like, oh shit, I'm just dumb and high. She's a bitch. Whoops. Like, but that girl hates me so much more now. And I had no idea. Like her negativity didn't even do anything to me because I didn't even know what was happening. What's that been there? Yeah, because you're just being like loud and cackling. And meanwhile, they're in the corner like, them. And they're so mad. And then you're friends like are you okay and you're like what just happened (laughs) was there a problem (laughs) that's the best thing ever is realizing other people are not your problem and you're like i can't okay you're just (laughs) like you know what you fucking here's some snacks go enjoy that fucking trip because i won't be coming well because after the first protest that was really bad Lindsay um adams another comic went down the next day after with um we went together to clean up and while she was waiting for me she was like i'm sorry i'm on the corner laughing at these two dreaded white men yell at each other (laughs) and i was like what and then i crossed the street she goes i came in at the end but it was the same kind of thing test where one of them wasn't even trying to argue with the other one so like (laughs) even amongst chill white dudes one of them was still being more chill and she (laughs) and she said 
She said, I caught the tail end of it, but all I heard was one of them point his finger and go, you have a responsibility to the cannabis community. And the- <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> of course, that is the most perfect line. And she said the other one was just like, what are you talking about? Like, he was so confused at the aggression. So it's like, yeah, dude, like, that's the best weapon. Like, that's the best weapon that doesn't take anything from you and still, you like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fucking beautiful. Oh man, how how have your experiences been at the at the protests? Since sounds like you've been going to a lot of them. I've yeah, I've only honestly, even just because I have a day job, that was another thing that I had to adjust mm-hmm. to, like the stress and guilt of not constantly being out there and like finding yeah. other ways to do things, even with shows. Being like, literally, there's people marching for my right to at this point not randomly get hung from a chi and said suicide. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a show. And so even like doing shows and uh, having charity shows or like I did one show. It's so they're so awesome. Um, Social distancing comedy. And I've done it a couple times. And one of my sets I just mentioned, I was like, oh, I'm donating all the money you guys give me today. So like and they have such a big audience that I was nervous that some of them would maybe like even yell some out something out. Or, yeah, like, because you're on the internet. So I kind of just nonchalantly mentioned it and was like, "Mm, I'm doing this. You can, like, not give me money because I said that or give me more because I said that either way. And it snowballed. And we donated, like, the whole show donated, like, $1,500 to, like... that's awesome. Like, we all picked different stuff. But, like, some people gave to different campaigns. I gave to the ACLU in Kentucky and Florida because they both Mm -hmm. still had no-knock law raids at the time. And, um... Mm -hmm. uh, charity that is working on therapy for young black women and like that whole thing Mm -hmm. so everyone picked different stuff but even finding purpose in this thing that on the surface you could feel like a self-serving dick about and they'd be like yeah Mm -hmm. but like i worked on these jokes that actually have to do with this put that out there Mm -hmm. and also got to help in another way so it's something mm -hmm, actionable yeah they're not necessarily mutually exclusive yeah yeah. <laughs> but that That's was awesome. definitely a struggle I felt. Yeah, I think um uh, finding that balance of like of going out and like being active and you know, I've been to a few protests but trying to make sure I'm being I'm holding myself accountable at home for, you know, following through on stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I did a I did a thing yesterday that I'm going to start doing weekly which is like a Zoom action party where it's like, you know, it's so easy on Twitter you scroll through and you see like, "Hey, write to this person," you know, Mm-hmm. Write to the the fucking mayor uh-huh. in in Louisville yeah. and tell him to fucking yeah. you know arrest the men who killed Breonna Taylor like all this mm-hmm. stuff that all these action items. So I did a Zoom party yesterday and like for two hours with a few friends Whoa. and we just knocked out you know shit thing after yeah. thing. So I would suggest that to people who especially if you can't go out to protest because obviously I get it COVID still mm-hmm. you know yeah. very yeah. that's what I've been doing mostly yeah because I'm also still out in the suburbs and so I've been and also because mm-hmm. I'm not on social media right now so I just put on my to-do list like an hour or two every day of like yeah exactly Same. I have like you know my places yeah. I want to donate to places I'm going to write letters to people well, that it help just like not feel so isolated and do it with other people mm-hmm. and just and hold myself accountable i mean that was the biggest thing just being like for there's sure. all these things in my head i'm telling myself to do but you have to like make time mm-hmm. for it yeah but then yeah also kind of 
create space for yourself to like take a break and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Self care and like those, those boundaries are important because that also you can reinvigorate yourself to be able to come back to it with the right energy and to, to be sustainable. Yeah, because that's what I uh, thought you meant when you said like you went into action items, but I thought you were going to say what Brandy said about taking time for yourself because. I, even when we kind of first had that first wave of protests and then we realized like, okay, well, we're seeing like a little bit of results. We're going to keep doing this, that kind of thing. I saw Mm -hmm. a lot of friends reaching out to me and being like, oh, I feel so bad. I didn't go, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, here's the thing. First off, you don't have to if you don't want to. Second off, you've got time. Like I have a Mm -hmm. day job. So I was watching my friends online, like making sure even though even that I kind of tried to start taking breaks from, but just like making sure everyone that was going live was okay. Like that, like I would just hear someone got arrested in Venmo money, whatever happened. I was just kind of like on, I felt like I was like, on my laptop like I was a task force like I would be on my phone and be like who needs this okay whatever send somebody an email what guilty girl that I used to work with needs a link okay it was just like all day I was just doing stuff so I would finish a day and not have gone anywhere but be like I talked to three white women who just realized this was a problem sent like three links sent whatever money and then like have on my to-do list to send like what maybe three even if i pick like okay i'll send emails for brianna today i'm gonna send emails for this person the next day like that kind of breakdown but like you said i have my list so if i write it down i'll do it like but yeah, I put yeah. it down as like go pick up my go go get the laundry or go to the dry cleaning yes. or whatever. Email this person, you know, like it's, it's literally just like, like make pasta, make fight specific. for civil rights. Got it? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that oh. is all of our to do list yeah. going forward. Yeah. It has to oh, be. but yeah, that's what I was telling yeah. my friends is like don't feel bad about being tired because I was watching all my friends during the week and being like I'm gonna tag them out this weekend. When they get tired and they mm-hmm. need to rest, I wouldn't have been out all day in the sun. So it's like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. starting like we'll just be in rotation. Don't even worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it has. It's like it has to be like the new normal. And it is, you know, mm-hmm. cheesy to say, but it is a marathon. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and also for, for listeners that are missing live comedy, something I would definitely recommend is tuning into your local city council meetings and just listening to the public comments. Because oh goddamn, if you miss roasts, they're really beautiful. I was like working yesterday and just like listening to like a bu- the budget finance committee and like everybody just calling in and owning our city council. So oh cathartic. And I know. Yeah, and it just makes you feel like there's so much more people I will out there say do- though, like helping did too. Did you guys on the opposite end of the spectrum see the, the Orange County one with the masks? Oh lord! I wanted yes. to rip Jesus. my eyes out of my face. What was that? It was the most. Be grateful you didn't see it, Katrina. Person was, after it, person. It, one person apparently was a teacher, and he yeah. got on there and he was like, "I just have one question: Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because I teach fifth graders, <laughs> and my fifth graders know that to breathe you need oxygen. We are depriving our kids of oxygen." And I was like. We're depriving our kids of an education. What? Who's letting this man teach? Because also, who it told was, him about was... plants? Like, don't plants make the oxygen? Because I heard briefly, <laughs> briefly, so, and it's so funny that you guys all said the same thing as, like, you don't even mm. want to know about this theory. <laughs> yeah, but good. they did briefly bring up to me that they were, like, saying that we're taking their carbon dioxide away or something? Yes. Yes. What the fuck is happening? Yes. Yes. I'm not. It was like 
dozens of people. I could, I watched it for like 10, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, like it's, if there's such thing as anti-science, it was anti-science and they all believed yeah. it like so fervently. And they all thought they were making like an Elwood soliloquy. They were like, and I would like to remind you that it does not say I can't wear a mask on the statue of Liberty. And it's like, Oh my gosh, are you joking me? It had yes. that vibe. What? It had that vibe. Just that. Fully, fully clueless. I would have respected that person, but only that person. If, if that teacher finished that and then pulled his gum out and twirled it on his finger, <laughs> points. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna take a break. Everybody, we'll be back in a second. Hey, welcome back to Lady to Lady. Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're with Katrina. <laughs> and we're just clowning on the people in Orange County who... They were just explaining... to die? They were explaining to me what happened, which is yeah. very fun to have your friends explain to you non-science. I like the idea. I'm saying it out loud on here, Tess, just in case, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson says anti-science. You said it first. That's true. Thank you, Neil deGrasse. That's Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse. Why can't I say this? <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse. Um, <laughs> anti-science. You know what? I, but I feel like we are in a period of anti-science right now. Like, oh, yeah. I never yeah. thought we were going to have to debate whether germs were real and whether the earth was flat. Like... It, what but i do i uh i just get mad differently and i know that it comes off as like to people who are like the most angry it seems like too moderate or complacent sometimes and i know that it's very cathartic to hear people yell on the commissioner zoom calls Mm -hmm. but i also love the very poignant but still insulting people like there was an english woman on the first one a couple weeks ago that was just, I just think that it's absolutely deplorable. And I was just like, this is so much more degrading. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel smaller yeah. <laughs> listening to yeah. this. Totally. Because I feel, like they, I feel like they get cussed at so much that they just dismiss it as like, well, you're unintelligent because you said the F word. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you can't do mm-hmm. that to Mary Poppins. Like, she showed them what was up. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I also I really appreciate the like the, the the nervous women that clearly have a report written oh in front of them that they are like reading out loud. It's really it's really yes! heartwarming just to be like and here's you can here's hear my the stage fright. You, you can yeah, really yeah. hear, you the, can hear them rustling. But then also on that first one, they started messing up or shorting shortening people's time. Like you were supposed to have two, mm-hmm. then they gave you win, then they mm-hmm. gave people mm-hmm. thirty seconds, which is hilarious. Thirty seconds. Um, yeah. and you could hear people like not being able to adapt their written speeches to that. And I was like, oh, but she was prepared. <laughs> Like, that's not fair. Because um, that also made me realize that that skit from The Office is real, where Dwight uses his time to speak about how ineffective the lines are to speak. Because people use their 30 seconds to yell about how they had 30 seconds. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. I've been doing, like, nagging when I make any phone calls and leave voicemails or anything like that, where I'm like... Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, I know you're not going to listen to this, but that's what I start with. <laughs> and Just I go so like, know. I know yeah. you're deleting all of these. I know you're fo- you're not paying attention, but and so oh, that's I'm like, good because they want to prove you in. wrong. So then you reverse psychology them into listening. I have exactly. done that, and I've also done uh, to who it may concern that actually opens this, like in emails. I'll start it with like, if you even get this far, kind of thing. Um, cause that's what I didn't get, obviously so many people didn't get to speak, but if I wanted to say on the zoom call, cause it was like, okay, everyone, cause I felt even worse because it was the compassion that Brady's saying, like you could hear in people's voices, like they're trembling with care for their community and they're just like yeah. texting <laughs> and then you would hear, and then you, you would know. hear like a like clearly affluent person in the community try to back up that black crying citizen and then them still not Mm -hmm. care so i want to be like look my friend owns a a business in santa monica went up to a cop told him they were looting the cop said yeah and did not move i have another friend who was peacefully protesting asked the cop that she could hear looting a block over. She was like, why aren't you stopping the looters? Why are you dividing our group up? The cop smirked at her. She turned around. The other half of their group was getting tear gassed. You could put, you could put those corroborations together and the entire promenade could sue them for negligence, for getting looted, for getting destroyed because they were so close and did nothing. It's like, Y'all don't care about people, but you care about money. Like, get those businesses together and get, like, they have evidence that they did nothing to protect their investment. So it's like, do y'all care about that? Maybe? Because you heard people. Like, even the quote-unquote ostensible reason that they had to have such a strong force is to protect the fucking You could have split it up. You could have split the team up and all of my friends that were sitting there doing nothing could have been well covered. (laughs) Like, but I don't know. That was like my plan. If I got to speak was just to be like, okay, y'all clearly are desensitized to like, don't you can't? No, they don't fucking care, but they care about money. They care about keeping that job. So like, (laughs) yeah, I like, I like the idea of using the game, but against, uh, it's like I'm in marketing. I do this shit all day. I know that y'all are (laughs) monsters. I literally sit in meetings where people get kudos for things that are technically bad like there are people who value so money so much that this is how their brain works so you are Mm -hmm. literally crying on deaf ears like it's not like they're sociopaths but you're crying to someone who doesn't have interest in Mm -hmm. that yeah (laughs) i would like to see a group called pickup artists for black lives that just like is out in their fucking hats (laughs) just like nagging the cops at all times I would, that's what I would like to see. They just like distracting them with bad pickup lines. But it would have to, it would be like fucking Ed Kempers. Like it would be like dudes that love cops just asking them like, so what grade is that pepper spray? Like, yes. Oh my God. That's such a good idea. (laughs) That's a pretty big gun for such a little guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they lurk amongst them all the time. <laughs> Just like, oh, is that heavy? Is that why you need the background? Oh my god, Brandy, that, that video that you posted killed me of the guy that was talking to a cop like a cop. Oh my, god. oh my god. It's have you guys seen this? this? Yeah, there's this journalist that like um he he I forget exactly what organization organization is with, but he like he he goes up to this cop in a parking lot and he's like, Hey, how you doing? Have you been drinking? Oh, hey, uh, do you are you supposed to be here? And it's like every 
and then it's and like he's not this... technically doing anything wrong he's just talking to the cop like a cop oh yeah and the cop can't fucking because what did he he's say just, his face is like what he's just like what 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 where are you so trying to do yeah. Yeah. But he's yeah. Like, yeah back and forth it's like he's yeah. looking in a he's like looking in a funhouse mirror and like not understanding <laughs> what's, what's your going name? on what's your name yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> And then his partner comes out. He's like, what, what were you guys doing earlier? He wasn't drinking, was he? Does he come to work drunk? Oh, my God. <laughs> like he had backup. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I'll send it to you, Katrina. That's yeah. so funny. fucking funny. I have. And that's the thing is I even feel, not like feel bad, but like I personally, mm-hmm. one, I have said this before. It's like I'm nice and bubbly and small and I buy my fucking business and I run fast. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of mm-hmm. haven't really had like way as anywhere bad as I could have. But I did once get pulled over with an ex-boyfriend and we were for sure hotboxing. Like we were smoking in Florida. Yeah. He like saw, cause he, it's so funny. We were in our neighborhood. We're smoking. And I went, you ran that yeah. stop sign. He went, no, I didn't. Woo! And I was like, told you. And he was like, fuck. And he like swallowed it. Like, Bleh. and I'm like, Bleh, like <laughs> rolled down my window. And we didn't, honestly, I think that we only didn't get arrested because it was the day before thanksgiving and i think they just wanted to be nice and like not ruin the holiday for our families but like even my like tall even it's like here's the thing is like i'm always with some tall lovely white boy but it's like this six four kind of like fucking country ass boy and they were like this isn't you like telling him his id wasn't him giving him all kinds of shit and then the second guy rolled up on my window but i didn't see him so then I hear a question oh and I went, like, I didn't know someone was there. And I went, uh, and he went, oh, did I scare you? And like made oh. fun of me. And I went, no. And I immediately like, had this like childlike response to just like, I, like, I could have literally died. And my whole time I was just like, he didn't scare me. Like, I was just mad that he thought he scared me. <laughs> It was fine, but that's like whatever a black cop story where no one dies for the week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got one. I feel good. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that's your that's your Twitter version of a cop helping tiny black kids dunk for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. A that's cop our, just kind of being a dick. Feel remember, good story. I remember one time when I was in high school, my friends and I got pulled over and we had a shitload of weed with us and the cop like was going through the trunk and he had us all like seated on the curb. He's like, do you guys have uh, any pipes back here? Any bongs? And then we were like, no. And he opens a, a towel and pulls out four different bongs. Oh my, also, was how like, big God. was that towel? Four bongs? I know. Like, it was like, it's so comical because whoever has four bongs in their car, but we did. Yeah, what? He's like, first <laughs> off, this is a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you, know, did you know you were getting pulled over and you're setting yes. me up? <laughs> it was like, it was like Cheech and Chong, the, the Acme Surfer Girl edition. But, and then uh, I was like, oh, oh, I thought you said bombs. Yeah, we have bongs. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you meant another more illegal thing. I, yeah. We have a shit ton of weed. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I was just so high. I was like, oh, I thought you said bombs. We oh, bombs. my gosh. <laughs> bombs, not bombs. <laughs> this is the most, like, Mormon-esque story of all time. But uh, I in Salt Lake, there was this very popular drink called apple beer because, you know, you can't drink actual beer. So it's apple-flavored soda. It's very good, actually. Okay. Um 
but it's not, it's not alcoholic. It's oh, not alcoholic. That's adorable. And <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's Literally, so you're like, you want to drink some love. bubbly apple juice? <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's like getting real naughty because it has carbonation that might wake you up a little bit. Was so, it even caffeinated? Yeah. <laughs> but, and like Mormons love soda. There was this big thing like 10 years ago where with soda, just like literal soda shops, like that's all they were. It would, was like the way. They would sell like combinations of different soda flavors. Oh man. Insane. Y'all, y'all have good teeth too. That's surprising. I know. I know. I, lots of dentists, I think. Um, okay. But so, you uh, know, me and a friend were like on campus somewhere, somewhere. I don't know. And it was like a campus cop, but he pulled us over and he was like, hey, have you been drinking? And I was like, no. And then he shined his light in the back of the seat and he was like, what's that bottle? And I was like, it's apple beer. And it was just like the sad, just such a dweeby not even like you almost wished it was beer like yeah i was like this is embarrassingly not i'm sorry sorry that is actually one click up from a match juice box um if you could (laughs) kindly let me on my way (laughs) i'm just driving on martinelli's man it's crazy yeah and he like thought he had us Uh, it was just like an embarrassing moment that is very funny when like they feel like they got one and you're just like no i'm sorry (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, but I think, like, you know, it's it, it's something I've had to really think about because this story is, like, I'm like, oh, cutesy, but as a white woman, I never thought, like, oh, that could have, like, even a fake yeah. beer could have fucking, you know, turned into something really horrible if I was not white. Yeah. And deprogramming ourselves from thinking that police are helpful or make things safe yeah. has been, like, a really big, you know, like, hey, let's go, let's rewind here and, like, try to, like you know get that out of my head because being raised in salt lake that was what they taught that's me. what's kind right. of and i've had to totally that's what's back. kind of made me laugh uh a little bit in terms of people being very very adverse to even like the sentence defund the police and the people that yeah. are super self-righteous about it like well fine the next time your house is getting robbed like who are you gonna call and it's like I wouldn't have called them anyway. Not them. Literally, they weren't on my fucking list. I'm not (laughs) changing anything from what I would have done before. And that's the thing is like, I have, I have called the police before. Um, I was, I was ending a like mentally abusive relationship where I was like kind of afraid for myself. And I was getting all of these weird text messages where I was afraid I didn't know if this person was in my house or not. And I still didn't want to call the cops. I was sitting in my car with my friend crying and being like, I don't want to go home. But like, what is, what good is this going to do? Like, this might not help anything. And she finally convinced me to call them. And I like felt better that I did. Like, I felt better because the lady said that they would just like have someone roll by or whatever. Um, but I also left my house. Like, I was like, I'm not going to be anywhere near there. I don't, I, like, I will call the police if I have to be nowhere around them while they're trying to help me. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like, they can do it from far away. <laughs> or, like, even, well, like I you mean, said, the... the other thing, huh? too. It's like how much domestic violence happens on their watch. How many people try to report? I mean, how much violence, period, happens on their watch? Mm-hmm. It's despicable. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's and fucking just despicable. having the. And I feel like there's something valuable in the idea of defunding the police, even for the idea of, yes, 
we will probably at some point need someone that has like expertise and access to something. But it's like the entire idea of the police Mm -hmm. when you call them is a toss up on whether or not you're the enemy or not. Yes. You are not always, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like we would, we have an opportunity to maybe create a different organization that has a mentality that isn't ruling. It's like, we are also citizens. Fellow citizens called us out here, like what is happening? And just, I don't know, I feel like there's a whole different way of how we think about authority and their responsibility. And I think the respect coming from the South, I feel like that respect comes from a fear that you don't want to do it. You are respecting this person so much Mm. because they are putting themselves in a position that you would never want to be in. And that makes people afraid to question them. So because you wouldn't do it, you are therefore relinquishing all of your right to have any say in what they do. And I feel like that mentality has to change for us to be able to like all feel safe. (laughs) Yes. Because I think there's people that can It does. I mean, it's, yeah, completely, I feel like it, I understand why it's so hard for people to, like, grasp Mm -hmm. because it's literally, you know, what we're all Mm -hmm. used to. It's like, if you have to address that, you have to address all the fucking issues that we have. It's a lot of discomfort and a lot of change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also just, like, yeah, what does that new version mm-hmm. look like? And, like, it, we have to, like, kind but, of... I mean, I think the reality is, like, I think we think of it as a new version, but the fact is we already have people that are professionally trained in de-escalating, people that work in emergency rooms and with mm-hmm. mental that health That was my facilities. favorite thing about they, the we nurse We already tweet. have those people. That was my favorite thing about the nurse tweet that I did it and it made me mad that mm-hmm. I never even thought about that. The nurse tweet that we deal with, like drug-induced, angry, it's like, yeah, almost everyone I know that's a nurse has gotten bit. Like, they deal with these people all the time, and I never made that comparison before, but it's like, yeah, there's absolutely a method. I think that even listening to them propose the people's budget the other day, I think that there's always a safety in humans in general being like well we don't have anything to copy so what what would that even be we'll just sit here and keep asking the question Mm -hmm. because that's easier than trying and um at one point one of the city councilmen was like okay well i like this is a great presentation i support you blah blah blah, but like we only have so much power like we trying to like pass the buck and she was like yeah but you have a budget like you have power over what you have power over you have to start somewhere. It's a cop out to say like, oh, well, I am only in charge of this million dollars. Like, I really isn't up to me. It's like, yeah, but that is. So why are you even saying that? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even entertain yeah. the list of excuses when you should just stop at, okay, you agree with me? Your next step should be doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and imagine if, like, you know, if if social workers made as much money as cops do, how many more people oh would go who genuinely who generally do 
get into it, I think, because they think to, to policing because they think that they are going to help their community and they're going to change it. If they if they could make that money and go in a profession that would actually help their yep. community, yep, a lot of people would choose that anyway. It's an institution, and it makes versus necessarily the individual. And that would the make the job more doable because mm-hmm. it's like you have social yeah. workers that have two thousand cases, like crazy numbers, mm-hmm. because yeah. the people that want to do it, like you said, have to. Because it's just like I always wanted to work in a psych ward. Everyone that's ever I've ever said that out loud to when I was a child and like impression was like no you don't it's like you get told that the things that you want to do that are compassionate aren't worth it because we don't value them as a society yes so it's like if Mm -hmm. we start saying like yes it is important to be that then we will have Mm -hmm. people in our community that want to be that what about mm-hmm. funding? Let's start with like funding public defenders at a realistic rate. How can you expect yeah. these people to present a case when they're going up against the DA and the budget that mm-hmm. the DA's office has? Fund, fund the public defenders at least as much as you're funding the fucking DA's office. Oh, because someone else mentioned something else that I think is a fantastic idea. Like you said, even this whole movement has made a lot of people, because it's like, I was never, I would have never considered myself complacent before, but I've absolutely... Mm-hmm. Like, I was laughing because I was like, mm, sorry, I became a radical overnight. Like, sorry for anybody that I'm, like, <laughs> making uncomfortable because yeah. I'm a very, like, happy-go-lucky person. But it's like, yeah, mm. I'm hardcore. Like, I'm still not educated or involved at the level that I want or need to be. And it's like, look at the Zoom call. Look at this stuff. Look at the city council. Look at this plan. Like, this is the stuff that they were hoping. They were hoping you would just write off and check off a box in a month and not know what mm-hmm. the fuck you were voting for. This is, yes. they been playing off your low level ignorance this entire time so it's like if you're complaining about how this is work and this is exhausting and you're sick of seeing it it's like yeah no shit this is what they want like the two people on that zoom call that um like love authority and they were like you know what commissioner moore give them what they want because none of these people really vote and did they were being so cocky they don't believe in our ability to keep this up and so it's like, yeah, you're going to get fatigued and it sucks, but it's like, this is part of us getting better. It's like, we all have to, you can't live your life and let someone else worry about all of it because most of those other people are racist and someone's dumb nephew that did not earn that position. Like, this is all nepotism and like people getting supported through even like money in general, freaking more resigning and then immediately getting rehired. Homeboy has like Mm -hmm. millions of dollars that he, but we can't get them to acknowledge that homelessness is an issue. It's like, yes, care about all this stuff and get over involved and like make this your life if you can, because we need that level of commitment from citizens. Like we can't put it off on them because that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in going forward unless you commit to that Mm -hmm. level, I think, because we're at Mm -hmm. such like a, crossroads that it's like it's now yeah. or never y'all i mean it's such a precipice. Like we've got to yeah, yeah. push we've mm-hmm. got to push yes. now because it's mm-hmm. our opportunity because that's kind of i felt yeah. like caring about so many things is just like a random black person that's like okay yeah another black guy got shot i'll donate i'll share the link a bunch of my friends probably won't even know this happened uh if anybody asks me how my day went i'll be like oh yeah i was sad a black guy got shot this morning and they'll probably go oh my god really i didn't know and then the next day i'll forget about it and it's like even yeah. that being like 
we can't do that. Even I feel like I kind of am taking advantage of the fact that everyone else is paying attention now. It's like, okay, we all care? Cool. Let's fucking go then. Like... Mm -hmm. Well, you should, because, yeah, yeah, you've had to carry the weight of that for so long, mm-hmm. and it's time for, you know, yeah. the rest of us to, like, shoulder some of that, so. For sure. Well, and I think it's important to realize how much the status quo does not want to change, because look how quickly they've opened up all this shit. We're like, well, they were like, no, 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 yeah. the phases, we, we're in phase two, Oh, we God, can't I can't it. even. And then we started <laughs> protesting, we're like, can we defund the cops and take care of homeless people and stop killing black people? And they were like, Just kidding, oh, you can every drink restaurant's now. open now? It was Three, four, so five, you- and six in one fucking afternoon. I can't. Yeah. I'm just like, motherfucker, we see you. We're, not We're changing thing. curfews in different languages. But look, Shake Shack, Shake Shack. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't fall for that shit, man. <laughs> we got uh, to take another quick break. We'll be back in a sec. <laughs> Everybody, we're back. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. I'm Tess. And we're here with Katrina. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do a lady problem. If you have one you want to send to us, send it to ladytoladycomedy at gmail.com. I'll do this one. It's a little bit long, so, but we, we know, you know, we love details, so we appreciate it. Okay. Hey, ladies, I adore your podcast so much. I'm always so excited to listen to it every week, and I'm always left begging for more by the time it ends. Even though I have never asked a lady problem before, I've inadvertently gotten some great advice from you, and now I'm speaking, seeking your advice specifically. When it comes to advice, I don't have many options. I'm not very close with my family for a lot of reasons childhood abuse, conservative, religious, etc. And I can't ask them for advice on this because I am not out to them. I identify as a gay male. Furthermore, I can't turn to any of my friends because my boyfriend and I agreed to keep our relationship secret for the time being as we don't want to cause drama in our mutual friend group or cause rumors to spread. Because of that, I have nowhere else to turn than y'all. My problem is a matter of the heart. I am currently dating the guy who is my best friend. We started talking the spring before going to college after meeting in a group chat for admitted queer students. We instantly hit it off and we talked nonstop for the entire summer. From there, after meeting in person in the fall, we only grew closer. In the spring, we were laying in his tiny dorm bed, talking, cuddling, when he kissed me, my first kiss and his second, and we both had sex for the first time. We spent the rest of the spring semester awkwardly dancing between the we shouldn't, we are best friends and having sex, and again and again. Again and again and again. Of course, I caught feelings for him hard, and I thought he did for me, too. We even traveled to San Francisco together and had a gay old time. Coming back to campus after that, though, he found a guy and instantly hit it off. They started dating. I was jealous and hurt. I thought we had something growing and beautiful, and he instantly snapped up the first guy who liked him instead of me. We still had sex even during that relationship, and I felt awful about it the whole time. That relationship did not go well, though. One night, his boyfriend took advantage of him without his consent, and my best friend blocked his attacker out of everything immediately. This is important, I promise. 
Cut to this fall where I believed we would stay just as best friends. Instead, we had sex the first night we saw each other. My feelings came back to life and all I wanted was him. He didn't feel the same way, it seemed. Even though we hung out all the time and had sex all the time, not the typical best friend behavior, he still found other people to hook up with. This caused a lot of arguments between us because I felt hurt and rejected and used. Eventually, my therapist told me that we were basically in an open relationship and didn't realize it. I brought it up to him, he considered it, and we began to talk. What really solidified us was quarantine. My school kicked off everyone from campus due to COVID-19, but I knew I could not go back to home to live with my family because it would trigger me and bring back depression, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts and attempts. Knowing this, my best friend offered to let me stay with him at his apartment through the rest of the semester until I could find summer housing. In quarantine with only one another, we grew super close and decided to date. It was actually perfect for us, for me. All we had was one another, cooking and cleaning and dancing and cuddling and all of it. We made a lot of deep emotional promises to one another about loving each other forever and wanting a future. One thing that was so perfect forever, however, was that he could not see anyone else. One big problem with our relationship is that he identifies as polyamorous and I am strictly monogamous. We have had this conversation multiple times and each time I feel like utter shit after it. I know that he is poly, I know that him wanting other people doesn't mean anything about how he loves me, but that doesn't work in my monogamous heart. I'm riddled with jealousy, insecurity, and fear. I don't want to restrict him or deny him what he needs, but it still shreds me to pieces to even think about him being with other people. Still, imagining his past hookups he's told me about while we were just friends haunts me and torments me. He's talked about using self sex as self-medication from, for healing from being assaulted, and that worries me too. I worry that it's not the healthiest way to heal, and I want him to enjoy the sex he has rather than just cope, even if the sex isn't with me. Seeing how sex and his trauma are tied to make me question his polyamory. As a gay guy, I should know better than to question someone's identity. Still, those doubts linger. Does he just not want to commit to me because of the trauma from his last relationship? He has said he's willing to be monogamous but can't promise that he won't slip up. I don't want to force him to do anything, because, but I also don't want, don't want any slip-ups. We've tried talking about rules, about setting boundaries, about clear communication. Still, I feel my heart will not be happy unless I know he's only with me. I love him dearly. He means the world to me. What should I do? How can I come to terms that this is not going to be my, my romantic dream? How can we make our relationship work? And if we can't have a relationship, how could I get over him romantically? Could we ever go back to being best friends and ignore the fire we have for one another? Thank you so much, Jay. Oh, sorry, it was a long one, but <laughs> no, it's important to have all yeah. of that. Oh. He's going through it. My yeah. heart just goes out. I know. I know. Yeah. Babe. I also feel like he—he's very like um thoughtful and self-aware. Yes. Like he's really looking at this from like a bunch of different angles and being very mm-hmm. considerate and and thoughtful. Um, this is so hard. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to speak to as you know. I mean, because. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've thought about before that I might be polyamorous. I've never, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I, I've never really experimented with it. So I can understand the perspective of his boyfriend saying like, this is how I am and whatever, but you both want what you want. It's kind of like coming into this thing, both wanting very different things. And that's going to be, I don't really know how you overcome that. Well, I think there's also some like, I'm reading a book right now that I think you should check out, Jay. It's called Facing Love Addiction, Giving Yourself the Power to Change the Way You Love by Pika Melody. It's really great. It's all about making somebody that you're with um, a higher power so they are the one that dictates where where your happiness mm-hmm. comes from because you're not able to set a boundary to be 
be in charge of your own happiness, basically. Like you give up too much of yourself, so you become codependent on that person being yourself of worth, your 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 source of worth, basically. And there, they talk a lot in this book about um, love addicts and love avoidance, which basically those are like two people that kind of come together in relationships, and you're usually you can fall into those patterns by basically being like abandoned as a child or like being, you know, having a parent that either like is very withdrawn. And it sounds like you also have a lot of that when you talk about like your family with abuse and the conservative people and like religion and stuff like that. Like, so you learn to like, you, you, you have really bad boundaries with that kind of shit because it's like difficult to, you haven't been shown healthy relationships. So to get to reteach yourself how that kind of stuff works. You know, I mean, a, a lot of this, like, is really kind of, like, green truth for me with like, a lot of the stuff that I'm reading in here. So I would highly recommend checking that out. It's been an interesting read for me, at least. I also just think, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, my advice always to anyone that writes into us, I always try to be, like, make sure that you are still, like, respecting your own truth. I think it's so easy sometimes to, like, think that you can, oh, you really love this person, so maybe this is a little bit flexible, but, like, your truth is your truth. Like, that's not really flexible, and, like, and resisting it is just going to cause more torture, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, like, most of us know what it's like to want someone so badly and to like want that like you said like the dream of this love to work out Mm -hmm. um and it's extremely devastating when it doesn't i mean you're each other's first you know you Mm -hmm. lost your virginity to each other obviously you're extremely extremely important to each other in your lives um but I, i i would say i mean it does sound like you have to know that it things don't work out, you know, we're, we don't mm-hmm. live in a fantasy world. Like, things don't work out perfectly, like, how you want them to a lot of the time. So I think you have to either come to terms with being, like, I'm okay with this not looking exactly how I want it to look, or, like, I want to find the thing that is exactly how I want it to be. Yes. Kind of, like, yeah. you have to make that choice. That's what he needs to get clarity on. Yeah. It's, like, he needs yeah. to yeah. meditate on which of those things is true for him, and then, like, neither one is going to be perfect, because there's going to be some messiness that comes with either decision, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah, do enough self-reflection where you know, like, which of those things is true for you. For sure. I definitely, like you said, I definitely used to be one of those people that subscribe to loving someone so much that even if their actions hurt me it was like Mm -hmm. okay as long as they were happy and trying to cope Mm -hmm. like you said even it sounds like jay sounds like he's trying to accept the polyamory in a way that he knows is not going to work out for him and i feel like even if he was because I feel like I've also been on the other side of it where I was insane about someone and then was terrified at the inner conflict. Like, I was afraid that I felt multiple feelings for people at the same time and mm-hmm. then eventually realized that I am also a monogamous person and that that doesn't make me feel good. So I feel like even if his partner that was do- was sleeping with all of these other people would eventually come back and be like, you know what, this doesn't feel right, that would be more ideal. But even the fact that you have to take the reality that this person, whether even speaking to what he was saying about whether or not what he's doing right now is healthy, but he's still not regretting his actions in terms of their relationship. So even accepting that, like you said, either you're okay with the polyamory 
or you're not because it seems like he is not in a position where he's going to sleep with someone and be like, oh no, what did I do? I don't like this. I want to just be with you. It's like, no, he likes this. So if that hurts you, like, please don't continue to try to put up with it because that is not fair to your heart. <laughs> I mean, especially because this is his first. I know. You know, I yeah. think that's really worth considering. Yes. Like your first mm-hmm. feels so permanent because it's all you know yes Mm -hmm. it's so hard to even when he mentioned one of his so many of his questions at the end it was like oh my gosh like please help him because he was like how do I do this if I do this how do I do that how do I move on and when he said move on Mm -hmm. it sounds like he hasn't tried he mentioned so many other times where his partner was like going out hanging out with people doing all kinds of casual stuff it seems like he hasn't tried even been able to see he probably has blinders on so even yeah this is the mm-hmm. path so mm-hmm. yeah. no i mean obviously i get it it's, it's like this guy's his whole world yeah. right now you yeah. know and it's hard to entertain you know the option of someone else sometimes this kid is in college this kid is in college he needs to go screw someone else that's what he needs to do he's young <laughs> you know what i mean like he needs to that's yeah. my advice I'm- I mean, yeah. (laughs) I will say, if you take Tess's advice, now is the time. Do not pine over this polyamorous dude and then graduate and get, like, this is the pool. This is your time Mm -hmm. to, like, meet as many people. Even because I feel like there is something about that perspective of your first that you think that that person is so well-suited for you. And when you are the more readily committed person, I feel like you stop asking the internal questions about other options more readily. But it's like, you could go to a party. Like he was like, oh, he met this guy and hit it off. And at first I was like, oh, that sucks. Cause he was just like being selfish or something. But it's like, he could have actually just genuinely hit it off with that person. He can also find someone that he hits it off with that makes him think like, oh my gosh, yes, you were a wonderful person at my first, but I see that there are other things out there that fit with me. Even if he meets someone that he hits it off with and you might not be as funny, but they like being monogamous. And that is better for you being in a relationship with because you can riff with anyone, like figuring out Mm -hmm. what works for you. Totally. Well, yeah, yeah. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's a part of, like, also realizing that, like, you you are the source of your mm. own happiness. Is it's, like, one person is not going to be the person. If you can, you are, you are the constant. Like, if you were, like, okay, I'm going to date these other people, and, like, they're, they're going to make me happy, but they are not the only thing making me happy. You know, it's about refinding that within yourself first. Because if you just find somebody else you're going to give that same power to, you're just going to repeat mm. the same thing over and over and over again. Which, yeah, I mean, I think is like something very common at that age, too. Course, I mean, yeah. I didn't really come to that until, you know, in my 30s. So yeah. I think I think when you're in college and you're, you know, so much relies on those relationships and just like fulfilling yourself that way. So I think it's really good to work on that. But also, yeah, I mean, if you don't even give yourself the area to not even necessarily fuck no. anybody else, but like flirt with someone get get a little yeah. crush on somebody and just see that like oh there is yeah. life outside of like this you don't even have to take an action person. but even opening up your mind to the possibility like it, he writes like he has mm-hmm. not thought wanted to maybe yeah, oh, and, I, yeah, and so. I mean i think this period in your life is very unique and fun in that way so like mm-hmm. maximize it you yeah, know for sure you don't know where you're gonna be down the road in college gosh if you're college or like in your early 20s do it up guys Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. You're never going to be in your early 20s again. Like, fucking go for it. Like, society is giving you a pass. Have at it. Yeah. And I also want to make sure that you're also, like, 
feeding your other friendships and relationships into your life. Cause like you're talking this, this is the person that you're dating and they're also your best friend and you're spending all your time with them. And your friend like, doesn't know. Very... So you can't get the frame of reference, mm-hmm. even from other people yeah. that know this yeah. person just mm-hmm. as well. And are like, you yes. know what they're doing or whatever. That's a really good point. I forgot about that part. That's such mm-hmm. a good point. He's So he has yeah. he has essentially no perspective. Because he doesn't have yeah. the perspective of other people that he's dated. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have mm-hmm. the perspective of like an objective friend that's watching the whole thing go down. So it's like yeah. without having that perspective, he's not going to have the clarity. But I feel like we've all mm-hmm. been in some variation of this situation that is also messy where it's like your friends start dating and one of them starts being a dick Mm -hmm. and you're like i know what you're doing be better why are you making this shitty for all of us i have to yell at you for being mean to my friend like they're not getting that Mm -hmm. from their other friends like he may uh if the situation was different have even other people going to bat for him and giving him frame of reference or telling him you know some of the stuff that you guys might be telling Mm -hmm. him now (laughs) yeah exactly and also, also yeah. like, yeah. part of it you said that was the, they haven't told their friend group mm-hmm. or something because it might, they all know. Yeah, all right. Good point. <laughs> they for sure know. You Hilarious. guys are fucking Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. So get that if you want those rumors to fly or not, they're flying. So you might as well get some comfort from your friends and be able to openly talk to Unless somebody. Unless my friend group, shit. you mean your entire freshman class, they know. Like, your friends know. <laughs> yeah, like, they for sure know that you guys are doing it. So you might as well just, like, open that, break that open so you can talk to someone about it who's not your your That's boyfriend. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, important to have those other relationships, you know? Yeah, and I mean, as far as, like, him just, you know... It sounds like obviously what he went through is really horrible with that mm. other relationship, and mm-hmm. he might be fine figuring that. But that's his journey. You can't yeah. really, you know, you could I maybe suggest to him like, hey, like anybody, like you might want to work, try and work through some of that stuff through therapy mm-hmm. or something. But he's gonna really have to like, you know, deal with that. Well, even what Brandy mm-hmm. said, Mostly. like changing your thinking to. Being more responsible because I feel like I've had to do that with people and not being too hard on people I date because I'm trying to make them Mm -hmm. responsible for all of these things and being like, yeah, no, how Mm -hmm. do I feel? How do I Mm -hmm. fix that? And like whether or not I see or talk to this person or not, that's on me and that other person just being things that are additions to you. Like even if he changes Mm -hmm. his thinking and like maybe like goes to a party without him or something. So what do you think you guys if if it's a, you know, if we can't have a relationship, how could I get over him romantically? Could we ever go back to being best friends? No. I, no. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you guys have you've, a very you've intense passed the sexual threshold. chemistry. Yeah, you can't. I was, so. you gotta have some, you gotta have some space for a while. I would say, like, mm-hmm. maybe by the time you're seniors, you could be cool. Like, I don't yeah, think that yeah, you Yeah, like can, in a yes. few years. I don't yeah. want yeah. this person to, because I feel like this also happens, which sucks, because it puts you in mm-hmm. such a this hard position where, like, your support group is intertwined with all of this, but so you don't yes. want to say, but it's like, uh, so I can see the want to just want to seamlessly go back to being best friends. But it's like you said in your letter, the first time you tried to be best friends, you instantaneously hooked up. So clearly yeah. whatever that non-sexual relationship may look like in the future is going to need a decent amount of breathing room. And I would say even Mm -hmm. that it sounds like they might have a chance because it sounds like they're having such open conversations about everything that if he gets to the Mm -hmm. point that he's like, look, I want to be with you and only you. This isn't working for me. You have to like hook up with everyone else but me and like not talk to me for a few months. 
if he's a super selfish person, he might like knee jerk, be like, no, you can't leave me. But if he sounds like he's being as open as he sounds like he's been in the conversation, having maybe, you know, it can mm-hmm. be okay one day. Yeah. yeah, you just need to have, like, a, a break for, for a while, you know, to let that cool down, and then also you to, like, move on, like, gen- genuinely mm-hmm. move on. Even yeah. if it's whatever amount of time it takes for you to prove to yourself that that person isn't the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. And like, Yeah, you just kind of need the, like, that sh- the lights to come on in the room. And, like, once you see it yeah. all, like, as it is, then I think you can be friends with this guy. But I mean, yeah, you're that's still a- intoxicated by him. You know, right. Yeah. That's a big reason of why yeah, you guys couldn't remain to be friends, even if it was literally like you weren't seeing each other. You're just texting because you're still going to be mm-hmm. hanging on his every word when he's texting back. You know, mm-hmm. it, they're depending on him to lift you up and yeah. stuff like that, which is you kind of you do. You have to detox yourself from that. Yeah. It sounds like you might have to use yeah. the whole college thing even to find a second friend group. Not like he has to ditch all of his friends, you're still friends, but to have another group of people that he can go do things with and not be um, susceptible to like running into this person mm-hmm. or even having your friends that obviously talk about this person and have stories with them. Like maybe he like can fully branch out. No, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, this is like, you know, it's it's different in that time period because there's built in student groups, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where you're it's not, you know, it's a little harder than dull because you have to like force your way into finding that stuff but you have it built into the infrastructure so i would definitely take advantage of that and try and meet some new people and just kind of distract yourself Mm -hmm. basically yeah absolutely and then also if your friends know that this is happening they can support you in ways that like they don't even realize they're not supporting you right now you know Mm -hmm. because like they and that's 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 a gift to your friends as well that you can be like hey i'm going through this i can we just like not talk about him or like can you just hear me out for a while and like you your friends want to do yes. that for you, you just need to i was about them. to say absolutely if my friend told me that I would be like oh my god i've been telling a story about him for 10 minutes why didn't you tell me to shut up yeah. like i would love to know <laughs> exactly yeah, they're not dying to talk about yeah, it yeah your friends yeah. love to yeah. know what you need like tell your friends mm-hmm. <laughs> and bonus if you find out your friends aren't like that yeah. yeah, because, because you yeah. have been wasting your time trying to coddle shitty friends. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. a whole other lady talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Thank you so Katrina, it was so much fun having you on. Thank you for Thank you for having me. It's always fun. But yeah, this was righteous. Thank you. Yeah. No um, tell everybody where they can follow you online oh. and find your stuff. And yeah, all that um, stuff. my website and my Instagram and everything is all Katrina Savad. It's just Davis backwards. So S-I- it's Katrina <laughs> with a K, like the hurricane, and then S-I-V-A-D. And I'm the same on everything. I've got like online shows coming up. Uh, you know, if you didn't hate listening to me talk with the ladies, come find me on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursday, yeah. Thursday is your seat yes. spark too soon. And Thursday too, right? at one p.m. Um, Pacific time is the seat and spark too soon um, group conversation about creatives and coping during COVID and the shutdown and everything else that's happening and just finding new ways to adapt and be yourself and all this as people who make stuff. And uh, yeah, if you're a Patreon member, we're going to do the top secret session. If you're curious about that, go to patreon.com slash lady to lady and you'll kind of see what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye see guys. you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to patreon.com slash lady to lady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794-Los Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.